Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Friday, January 31st. This is episode number 879, and it is Meet My Friend Friday. And I'm so excited today because I have a lady on the podcast who's never been here before. Suzanne Phillips is going to encourage you, and we're going to talk about how we can encourage our family. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So you guys know that it is the 31st of January, which means that at MomStrong International, we are getting ready to launch a brand new Bible study. The Bible studies at MomStrong uh, come out every every first Monday of the month, meaning that this one will start on Monday the 3rd. And we're going to be studying Kesed, the loving kindness of God, all throughout the month of February. This is a great time for you to jump in with both feet and really dig in deep to the rich soil of God's word with us. Also, starting tomorrow, the scripture writing challenge starts. So on the 1st of every Every month, we do a brand new scripture writing challenge. It will correspond with the Bible study. And so if you've got children at home who are uh, want, who you're wanting to help maybe practice their handwriting, and you definitely know that you want them to know God's word, this is a way to do both of those things. It's completely free, and you can join at momstronginternational.com. That'll get you the scripture writing challenge. And then if you want to do a deep dive with us, we invite you to join the Bible study. And there's also a component in there called Kid Strong, and we're going to help you teach what you're learning to your children. So check it out, momstronginternational.com. Also want to let you guys know, I am going to be bringing my women's conference, Faith That Speaks, to Lakeland, Florida, coming up on the 21st of February. We are very excited. This weekend is the very last weekend that you guys can get in on the early bird registration special. So you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. My friend Elizabeth Johnston, uh, the activist mommy, and also Kathy Barnett, who is a contributor at Fox News, are going to be joining me out on the road this year. And you can meet them for the very first time in Lakeland. So check it out. We're really excited about what... uh, what God is doing and have a heart to encourage you that our faith really should be a faith that speaks. God doesn't mean for our faith to be hid uh, under a bushel. He means for it to shine for the world to see. And so what does that look like? One of the reasons I love uh, Meet My Friend Friday, which is today at the podcast, is because I get an opportunity to allow other voices to come onto my platform and encourage you. And today is no exception. Suzanne Phillips is on with me today. She's a storyteller and she has a desire for connection. And I think you guys are really going to see that in her today as we as we talk a little bit together. She's been married to her husband for 27 years. They have three children, ages 17 to 22. So she's been doing this mommy thing for a while. And I know you guys are going to be encouraged. Suzanne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here today. So I found out about you from, we have a mutual friend, Kathy Cook, and she works with you and you guys together have, have you guys are doing some amazing kingdom things, uh, not the least of which lately has been Ignite the Family. And so can you tell listeners a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, Kathy and I, about two years ago, um, acquired a ministry that had previously been called Hearts at Home. It was a, a ministry to moms that was 24 years old, and it was about to, to, to dissolve. And Kathy and I had actually met at that ministry as she was keynoting that year. And um, I listened to her, completely resonated with everything that she was teaching and saying. We had my husband and I and three other people had um, just started 
a new school here in the Atlanta metro area. And everything that Kathy was speaking resonated with what God had put on our heart for the families of this school. And so I introduced myself and we're kindred spirits. I kind of formed a, a relationship over the course of the years and had really been talking about how how to reach parents together and talking about doing something together um, anyway for about three years. And when this opportunity kind of presented itself um, to maybe step in and help with the ministry that had been struggling, um, Kathy reached out and we decided that we would move forward and rebranded last year as Ignite the Family. And our passion is really to encourage, educate, and equip families to live out God's design for their family. Uh, We really want to awaken a movement of parents to lead their families with both an eternal perspective, but also a generational uh, perspective. And so we relaunched last March and we'll, you'll be joining us at conference again this March. Yeah. I'm really excited. That's coming up in Peoria, right? You've got uh, two conferences coming up, but tell us a little bit about what you've got going on because I'm a huge fan. I feel like the internet, you know, Kathy and I were just talking about this last year, you know, for all of, you know, quote, social media has really made us less social. And so I think, you know, it's, we kind of start to think that we can get everything that we need online. If you don't know how to do something, you can watch a YouTube video. If you need some encouragement, you can get on a Facebook live or talk to somebody online, but there really is something powerful about being together in one place, which is why I love conferences so much. And so uh, can you talk to the mom who's listening going, I don't know, you know, should I really make the effort to come out of my home when I could just, you know, read a book? Why should somebody come to a conference? Well, we we really like to to point back to three things that, that it's powerful to gather together is powerful to grow together and it's a powerful to to launch and leave and go together. And so we say at conference, it's together, grow and go. And so as we do that, you know, the funny thing about this conference is I attended this conference as a mom from Atlanta. I had a friend who was insisting, wanted me to go, gifted it to me. And I, I really at the time was felt like I was busy. We had just started this new venture and probably said no about three times. And eventually I thought, well, maybe I should pray about it. Maybe this is something that God really wants me to do. And I landed in about the third seat on this conference with a million moms sitting there. And within about the fourth sentence of the first person who spoke, I found myself in tears and cried through the entire weekend, was so touched, was so encouraged by the moms around me, laughed. There was a comedian. We laughed together. Um, I just... I was sitting in that seat realizing I needed something that I didn't even know I needed. And part of it was just, I needed to step away for a few minutes. It's so hard when you're a busy mom um, to stop long enough. It's not that we don't sometimes think that we need the help or the the pause. It's that we forget to take it. You have to plan that. And so I think when moms come together um, with, with a common heart around a common part of our life, and we're encouraged together that we we know we're not alone. Um, we hear things from a perspective that we might not hear in our home when we're so um, focused on what we're doing day in and day out. And it causes us to reflect and remember um, God's faithfulness and, and maybe where God's challenging us a little bit uh, to shape our own hearts, to shape our lives so that we can then go back. So we gather and we grow, but then we go back to shape the kids that are under our roof um, and the families that are around us. And so I think just stopping long enough to to take care of ourselves for a few minutes and realize that God loves us as moms and he wants to pour into us as children of his so that we can pour into our own children is so critical. 
Yeah, it's true. And you, you have a, a really amazing story. I mean, you have a passion for the family and for God's design for family. And as I was reading a little bit about you and talking with Kathy about you, uh, it struck me that, you know, in my life, it, you know, I have a different story, but I do think that the, the element is the same, that the God does his best work in our lives, not in the shallow places, but in the deep. Right. And you have an incredible story of, of the pain of losing uh, your third child child and also kind of a what you got uh, is a really deep look into the heart of and what's in the medical community right now you you and I have a similar story in this regard and so I'm wondering if you can share uh, about what happened like where does this passion because it you know you got to have some something has to drive you to organize a women's conference to say, listen, I'm going to get out. I'm going to leave my home in Georgia where I'm sure you're very comfortable and doing just fine and uh, come up to uh, uh, Illinois and try to get moms to come out of their homes and say, we need to do this thing called life together. What, where does that passion come from? Tell us a little bit of the story of what God's been doing in your life. Absolutely. I mean, it's been about 18 years now. Uh, It'll be 19 on May 12th, but our, I was pregnant with my third child and you know, I had grown up in church, um, you know, had been confirmed and uh, church was a normal part of my life. Um, God was absolutely, um, a part of growing up, but I, I like to say, you know, I knew about God, I knew about Jesus, but somehow in all those years, I missed the memo on the Holy spirit and how God actually has a relationship, um, that points us back to him and back to his word, um, so that we know how to we know how to live his design for living. I just, I missed the memo on the connection. And so um, I was pregnant with my third child and found out in week 17 that um, the baby had a fatal genetic disorder. And I was told immediately that the baby would not survive outside my womb and, and all the details. And for about 10 days while I was waiting on the testing to come back, um, I realized, you know, I, 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 it didn't sit well with me, but I didn't know why. I didn't know the, the um, advice that I was getting from my doctors, from all the people around me, and uh, probably most importantly from a pastor, um, pointed towards, you know, God, there, this baby is not meant to be. And so we need to, quote unquote, interrupt the pregnancy mm-hmm. um, and induce you. You need, to, you need to deliver as quickly as possible. Now, I, I didn't know at the time what was really happening, but it would put me into my 20th week of pregnancy and, you know, there are laws and all kinds of stuff that I won't go into. But the bottom line is in that 10 day wait on day number nine, I called the church and I had never called the church about anything in my life. I I honestly didn't even know why you would really call the church, but I called and said, I'm kind of losing my mind. I need to speak. I need to speak to someone. And they sent, sent a pastor. And as I kind of repeated over and over, I, I don't, whatever this meant to me at the time, I don't think this is supposed to be God's my decision. I think this is God's decision, having no idea what I was saying. You know, I really was counseled that God had made a decision. The baby was not meant to be, and I needed to follow the doctor's orders to, to deliver. Um, and so, you know, on day number 11, after I got back 20 weeks into this pregnancy, I did deliver a little boy. And so this is what the pastors were telling you also. The pastor very blatantly did. Um, yes, that's amazing to me. And so, you know, when, when, when you, all you know is that I need help and I knew enough somewhere deep down, like call the church. And that's what I was really doing as I was calling the church. But the counsel that I was given was based on this particular pastor's pain from, from childhood 
and an experience that, sh- that happened in their own family, and which I found out six years later. I went back six years later um, with my Bible and said, could you please tell me, show me where you found this counsel? And I was told at that point, um, after I was very deep into God's word at this point, um, that the Bible is not a recipe book. And I paused and said, you know, I, I disagree. I believe I've been following this word now for several years, and it's never led me astray. I, I started reading the word with nothing to really undo um, because I'd never really been in the word. But as I would read, I would, I, when I read it, I, I kind of thought is it says do this. And so that's what I'm going to do. It was just very basic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found that so few people, as I started to do Bible study, and then pretty soon after that lead Bible study, so few people, so few people around me who had been following God for a long time actually looked at the word of God and said, it says do this, so we're actually really going to do it. And I was in such a desperate state for three years after this, having really no idea what I had done um, or what had happened. It took a long time to heal. But, but what I began to realize is that there was an answer there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was an answer. Had I gone, I just didn't know to go. Mm-hmm. And the answer was life. Yeah. And it, I started to see the word of God as truly um, life, number one, but that, that through the lens of a creator, not just a father. Yes, I saw the father. I guess I saw God as a leader and all of the things, but I started to see God as a creator God and a creator has a design. And this design is meant for life. It brings life in all areas of our life. And so as I began to pursue, it just came alive to me and I could sense around me, I don't think that's going to bring life. I don't think that decision is going to bring life. And so I, I came to the word of God through such intense pain and overcame such intense confusion and really deceit. I think it's that, interesting too, because I'm going to stop you for just a second because yeah. I, I, I want to point something out. So you, you, you went in 20 weeks of pregnancy. You've had now your pastor counsel you, yes, you should uh, interrupt or really terminate is really the word that they should have yes, used. Yes, it was to, not used. So uh, what yeah. I see in this, and this was certainly the case, uh, and I've shared this on the podcast, our listeners already know that we had a similar diagnosis with our second child who is now 26. Mm-hmm. And they were wrong. Their diagnosis was wrong. Yeah. But what was so interesting to me was, you know, my husband and I sitting in a genetic counselor's office and them saying, showing us the ultrasound, showing us the test results and saying, this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. And the, and the language that they use in the doctor's office is so covert. They don't say it is what exactly it it is is that they're going to do. And, uh, you know, I was probably farther along than you were when this happened to me, had a very good handle on life. And Jay and I had determined at that time, no, you know, even if she's incompatible with life or incompatible with life, even if we just, we didn't feel like we could take her life. But what was interesting to me was no one ever said, that's what you're doing. They make Never. it sound like it's a medical procedure. And so you went ahead with it, right? This is, this is where you were Absolutely. at 20 weeks pregnant. So walk, yep. walk, uh, walk listeners through what that looks like. I want pe- I, I, it is a passion of mine to expose the abortion industry because frankly, we live in a culture of death. They do not, we, we do not respect life as God created it, as God is the creator. And I love that you're pulling that out. You know, yes. I mean, he designed that little life yeah. um, for whatever, for whatever time and whatever purpose and however that was 
However, that was to going to come. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so, yeah, it, it was, it was fascinating um, to, to walk through the healing process because as I, as I did, I went back, I went back probably two years later to the doctor mm-hmm. and said, you know, you never use the term abortion. You never use the term terminate. You used the term interrupt the pregnancy. Um, I, here And here's something else about the language. Um, I'm passionate about words. Um, I'm a wordsmith, and it's because of this. Um, I'm not sure at the time I would have even had the strength or known what to do with the words, but I didn't even have a chance. Like it didn't, there were no, there was nothing in me as a mom who was expectant, who wanted a baby, who was halfway through the pregnancy and had the nursery ready to like trigger an issue about, about me. It became all of a sudden the language changed overnight with almost everybody around me from baby to fetus immediately. Um, so that, and I caught it. I thought, this is the strangest thing. And then, you know, this interruption, interruption, and there was a rush and it's in the X's and the Y's on a piece of paper with the geneticist and literally was told by the geneticist. I said, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is a wrong diagnosis. Maybe I'm not as far along as I thought I was. And she point blank looked at me and said, you do not want this baby. And I looked at her and said, I do want this baby, mm-hmm. but then was whisked off to an amnio, you know, and then it's like the train leaves the station and you're so mm-hmm. confused. The language is confused. And so when, as the healing process began to happen and I was trying to get a grip on the nightmares I was having after and, and the anxiety that overtook me that I didn't know that even what it was, I did go back to the doctor and I literally said to him, will you just please tell me, um, you use the term interrupt the pregnancy, but did, did you know that this, that this is an abortion? Like, was that something that you were aware of and just chose not to use that language? And the answer was yes. Mm -hmm. And I said, could you please tell me why you didn't use the term with me? And he said, it would have been too much for you to handle. Mm -hmm. Now, Heidi, I went on Um, shortly thereafter, I called the counseling center at the hospital that was sending me all this content after, you know, after, and I called them and said, you know, nobody had this conversation with me. If someone came to you and I gave them my entire, you know, with this diagnosis, with this, if they came to you and said, this is going on and I'm struggling with what action to take, would you say to them, that this, this is an abortion. I was told no by the counseling center. I then called the chaplains, the head of the chaplains of this hospital, very large hospital here. And I asked them the same thing. By the way, no chaplain came to visit. Nobody showed, there was nobody in the hospital that showed up. It's amazing. It's amazing. I asked the chaplains. I was told by them, no, that they would not use the word for the same reason. It would, would have been too much for you to handle. And then eventually I did go back to the pastor and was told never, never an apology. I did forgive her and everybody involved over the course of time, because I understand, I just, I came to understand, you know, their, their perspective is just so off. I mean, it's just twisted and I'm not going to live with bitterness. And that was part of my healing. But, but I did go back and ask the question, like, was I crazy? Did, did I just miss something or, but it was intentional. It was intentional for the purpose, quote unquote, of protecting me. But what it did is it put me in a position that caused me really to make a decision that I didn't understand that I had to then, like, I had to wake up to it. Because ultimately they don't live with that decision. They go on with their everyday life. You're the one who lives with it. You're the one who carries it. 
And I have such, such a passion. I mean, obviously, you know, God gives us choice, but he tells us that even in Deuteronomy, today I put before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. life. Yeah. And that now is forever. I mean, it's now today, now yesterday's word doesn't change. Like now choose life. And so this passion to understand the design of what is God's design for life, for the family, for marriage, um, for me and wholeness. What's his design? Because he's Mm -hmm. created it, but it's a design for life. That's right. And and it came from it came from death. And the trauma that came after that for me. And this passion that I have for, you know, what is it now? Like one in four women sitting in a, in a pew, pure believers. I mean, the statistics are very, very high, have lived through this trauma and don't feel safe often to have the conversation. And my heart is for life and it is absolutely pro-life because I've lived on the other side of the death. It's not just the death of that child. It, it, it's so painful. It caused, you know, I probably lost two chill, two years with my children. Yes. Um, as I was trying to just get my head wrapped around what in the world had happened to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so very much went through a healing process, but I have such a, such a heart for moms who um, are either put in a situation to, to make that kind of decision and don't feel like they have the support to process what's actually happening. Um, or make it out of like, it's just fear. It's just yeah. fear. Well, and it's amazing um, too, because that's how the enemy always works, right? right? It, it always is fear. And I, I'm always taken back to second Timothy one, you know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. It's that power that comes from the Holy spirit that allows us to be able to have a sound mind, to make a good decision and to, and ultimately that results in love. And I wonder sometimes like, you know, I was just in, uh, I was just in Houston And we were talking, you know, to the women that were there. And I was saying, listen, I know that in a room this big with this many women, there have got to be women in her who have, who have struggled through the pain of an abortion. And people need to understand abortion isn't just about the child whose life is taken wrongfully, right? Abortion takes out a child's life and it devastates the life of the mother. And, and we're not talking about that, you know, like we should be talking about it. And to me, somebody who has had an abortion is the, is the person who is the most able to be able to minister hope and healing to another post-abortive mother or a mother who is, who is considering abortion. And she can actually look into the eyes of someone who's been there and done that. And she can hear what, what, hear the truth behind it. And to me, what God is doing with your life. And that's what I was saying kind of at the beginning, at the beginning of the show today, God does his best work in the deep. And Absolutely. this is deep water. And you have walked through deep water and, uh, and I, I'm so blessed by hearing your story because rather than let the enemy either make your heart callous to it, which I think there's two, two outcomes that I have seen from this, particularly with Christian women, you either, your heart becomes callous and you just go, you know what, choice, whatever. And it becomes part of the, the cultural narrative or the shame overtakes you. And you lose your own life in the process. Maybe you lose relationships with your husband or your children. And I love your story because you, you were able through the, the power of, of the Lord and the truth of his word to say, no, that's not going to be me. I'm going to, I'm going to speak life. And that's the power of the brokenness from which you've come. And I think women listening to this need to hear whatever your story is, whether it's post-abortive or whether it's you grew up in abuse or whether you've struggled through the pain of a divorce or infidelity or whatever it is, God is still at work. 
and he has, he has, he's going to bring something out of that and it's going to be good because that's what God does. Absolutely. I mean, I always go back to freedom is for freedom's sake and, you know, to, to kind of keep this and not share it when so many people are hurting or, um, haven't necessarily healed. Uh, that's the healing process. But as you go, as you go through the healing process and when you know, God has actually, I, I have to the degree that I understand, um, the deceit that I lived in and the action that like I took. I mean, I had to face the fact that I, I actually made the choice. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I was blinded at the time. I was ignorant at the time. Certainly it wasn't, the motive was not, um, you know, I, Mm I, I I was confused, Mm -hmm. but well, and you're in pain. I think, you know, when someone gives you a diagnosis like that, immediately shocked. I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, we, when we, when we find out that we're pregnant, we don't, dream of this kind of thing happening. And so when it happens, it's almost like, and this is certainly what happened with us, with our daughter, we get this terrible diagnosis and then they immediately come in and take advantage of a, of a mother and a father really who are grieving and trying to understand this is right. Okay, so the reality I thought was going to be my reality now is no longer my reality. And then these people swoop in and their way to sort of quote, make it better is really inflicting more pain in the long run. In and the long I, run. And and to me, it's it's taking advantage of a of a mother particularly who is grieving. I, I completely agree. And um just, you know, once once you have kind of processed through what really did happen and where mm-hmm. was my responsibility and how did it happen and where were other people's responsibility and kind of walk through that process, mm-hmm. then you really do like to the degree of of where you've kind of lived out really that sin, really. To the mm-hmm. degree, I got to experience the grace of God to that degree, yeah, though. Yeah, and that's powerful. and the forgiveness of God. I'm like yeah. I'm. I am not confused about the forgiveness of God. And when I when I'm talking to students, or when I'm talking to parents, or when I'm just talking to friends, and they maybe don't want to share something that they you know that they're going through, or they they're steeped in shame or guilt, or they don't want to share. I'm like, look, you are you are not going to shock me with anything you say. I mean, yeah, like there was a baby in me that I wanted, and yet I was still. So confused and deceived that that like I act I went against God but I went against myself even yeah. and you're not going to shock me mm-hmm. um and God's big enough to forgive I mean He forgives it all when we yeah. come to Him um and He heals He heals right. yeah He does and He is the healer and I think that really is the message and to me it's also the reason why these conferences are so are so powerful because when women uh will take some time. And just unplug from their normal, you know, the everyday of raising children, whatever, and come away. Uh, and especially to a conference like this, they're going to hear the real thing. We're not going to come and stand in a circle and sing Kumbaya and talk about what a no. hot mess we are. We're going to say, this world is hard, but God is the healer. God Absolutely. is the healer. And this really, that's what I think resonates with me so much about your story. It's not just a story of hurt. It's a story of healing. And mm-hmm. God is the healer. And I love that he was able through this, through this very painful thing, uh, he took your life and really, uh, it seems to me anyway, he changed the trajectory of your life. And now you've got this sold out mother for the Lord in passionate pursuit of the Lord and saying, Lord, what can I do to share the hope and healing of Jesus through through my own hurt to a generation around me? And you're highlighting God's precious gift of family. 
and the precious gift of legacy that he gives us when we raise our children to love and follow him. So I think it's amazing. If these women, the women who are listening, uh, tell us a little bit about the conference you've got coming up. So Peoria again, and what's the date? Peoria, Illinois, March 6th and 7th. So it's Friday night. We open a, a big mom's market right now. We have about 40 vendors and we still have people calling. So that opens at four o'clock from four until nine that night. And we do have some programming with a comedian and worship and a panel discussion on Friday evening and then all day Saturday um, with five speakers. We have a guest, a surprise speaker, I guess I'll say, but there, there's a really, really neat um, uh, story that's going to be shared in a way that is uh, unique to open up. And we go until five o'clock that day. Right on. So that's really exciting. And where's the website? Where can they find you? Um, ignitethefamily.org and you can go on there's a place to look at our conference uh, conferences there we have a, a membership that's something that we kind of walk with people throughout the year you can find a lot on the website but if you go to our conference page on ignitethefamily.org you can get all of the details and um, we're Grace Presbyterian Church in Peoria, Illinois all right. Well, I'm super excited. I'm just so honored that I'm a part of the speaking team this year. Cannot wait to see what God does. And uh, Suzanne, it is just, it's a privilege to be able to hear your story. And thank you so much for being willing to share it. Absolutely. Thanks. Can't wait to see you. And thanks for having me today. You're so welcome. For more information about Ignite the Family, go to ignitethefamily.org or you can go, as always, to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. And I will link back to this event and several others that I am speaking at this year. But I hope you guys will take the opportunity wherever you are and say, this is important. Invest in your family. You guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Thank you for leaving reviews for the podcast over at iTunes. And don't forget, this is the best time of the month to join us for the brand new study at momstronginternational.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.